Welcome back to Table 40. Uh, Matt and Leslie here with you with special guest, the Bacchuses. We uh, met them a long time ago, old friends. We are glad to have them on and we're excited to talk to you guys. Thanks for coming on, Kelly and David. We appreciate you guys joining us. How are you doing? Fantastic. Thank you for having us. So I was thinking about this as I watch baseball in this weird time. And I got to think that you're watching playoff hockey, right? So what do you think it's like for the guys trying to, I mean, I've been to some playoff hockey and I don't pretend to know a ton about it, but I I would guess like baseball, like getting some of the adrenaline and the excitement from the fans. Like, do you think it's totally a different experience? How do you think they're, I mean, if you talk to any of your boys, like how is it playing in front of no fans trying to feel like it's playoff hockey? And I I don't know, are are they having a hard time playing in front of nobody? Yeah, I think there's a lot of fabricating that emotional stimulation of just finding the scale of what's going on in every play that seems to be so dramatic in the playoffs uh, by the fans' reactions, positive or negative, is no longer happening. I think some of them might be trying to pipe some noise into the arena, but it's probably late and it's probably not uh, the way that it would be live. So there is a lot of that. I think the other part of it is just being in a bubble and your family's not in a bubble and you're away from your wife or kids for so long that, you know, whoever wins it, it was certainly worth it for their investment. But I think every other team is probably going to say that was, that was like isolation and very difficult to go through. What about like, I was thinking about like, you know, fighting is part of the kind of the culture and, and part of, you know, hockey, obviously much more than any other sport. Do you think guys are are much less prone with the virus to to enter, like engage in fights, or do you think that that's the emotional part of it is not quite the same? No, I I don't think that's impacted at all as far as fighting. I think you're you're at a face off, you're leaning against a guy, you're in the corner tied up with a guy, you're you know in the bubble with the guy, you're with the teammates. So I think the testing so extensive, they've had like fifteen thousand tests and no positives in the bubble. So I think. What happens on the ice is not as affected by worrying about the virus. I know they tried to tell guys to not spit. or When your lungs feel like there's blood coming up after a shift and you just (laughs) kind of mix the live out, you got to send it somewhere. So. Oh, that's so funny. It's such a different world. Like baseball. I love it. Like, I I think it's so cool that like, if you guys get pissed off, you can just like go fight the guy and baseball, you get suspended for like half the season. So it's just like, man, they can hit you in the, in the, in the, in the back with a ball and you can't go beat them up. But in hockey, if they hit you with your stick, you know, you you get two minutes or four minutes or whatever it is. So. But yeah, you you (laughs) pound the guy and yeah, you move on. Listen, if not, and he does it again, you, yeah until he learns so that is a great part of the game I'm kind of I'm a little worried when I'm done playing where that outlet <laughs> I like to be physical on the ice and kind of have a an alter ego when I put my pads on but uh you know with with some age I think we'll we'll calm that down the peloton the peloton bike there sure oh yeah I love the peloton bike for sure all right let's let's get to know you guys better and so let's talk about how y'all met and uh you know, how did this happen? Like where you are now? Let's talk about how you guys met. Are you going to start this? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, is my favorite part of the podcast, by the way, is to get, is to like, we get to see y'all. And so the reaction is the same a hundred percent of the time is there's always a story that's really 
the you know the story behind the story and look say it all. This so, is where we turn and say, "Go ahead." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, it started a long, long time ago. I mean, David and I we're we're thirty six now, and we met when we were what five. In so in kindergarten, <laughs> and then um, you know, we we grew up miles apart from one another, and our moms were both on the PTA committees, and then we didn't start dating. I guess like our our friend circle didn't really connect until high school when we both were it was our senior year essentially I think because I was the captain of our women's hockey team and David was the captain of the men's team at our high school and um we had a same really good what best, happened prior to that best though, guy right? friend well you just David you grew into yourself I was a nerd and she was <laughs> and then finally I became I got on the radar or last year, he lo- he loves to tell the story that way. He loves to tell the story that way, and he wa- and he got was factual edits. No, you were listen. you were always extremely studious and devoted to your studies, and you were you you always were. But I think we always we were crossing paths a lot, and then one of our best guy friends, who actually is a marine, and he served in three tours, three tours. Three tours um, he he's kind of a guy I think that our senior, like junior, going into senior year of high school that his name's Mark and he kind of connected. And then that was even going after high school, we went to prom together. And then that next year I went off to college and David played another year of juniors and Mark and I, like every weekend we would drive down from Mankato state university. We would drive to Lincoln, Nebraska, and we'd spend the weekend at David's um, billet family home. Um, and then the rest is history. We, we got, we got married really young. Um, I don't think we knew what we were doing. <laughs> I knew what I was I doing. I mean, he knew what he was doing, but I had no idea it was coming. I was, he, I was locking up the prize fish while I had it. Yeah, okay. there you go. Uh, <laughs> but he, we were 22. I mean, we were babies. I was still finishing up my first degree at Mankato. Um, he proposed, we were 22 and then we got married at 24 and that's when we moved down to St. Louis and then I went back to St. Louis university nursing school and um, got my BSN down there. And I mean, I guess the rest is history. We've been married for 12 years now. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Matt and I got married really young as well. And so 20 and 21, I wasn't even 21 yet Wow. Yeah. at the, at the wedding. I had to sneak a few glasses of wine at the, at the wedding. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. It was young. It'll be, it'll, it, it was young. <laughs> Right. <laughs> we totally understand what you say whenever you kind of know what you're doing, but then you're kind of like looking back, you're like, what the heck? That was crazy. And who so, let us do that? Who, yeah. yeah. Why would my parents let me do that? And so, anyway, but they did. They trusted him. They saw the potential in what we had. So that was good. Right. But, and I and I think that was something too with the both of us. Like we were young, but I think I look back and even in our early years, like I just had this feeling about David, like he's the man that I'm going to marry. But I, I still even think when it happened, like when he proposed, even though I had those feelings, I was, I remember asking him like, is this real? Is this real for real? Are you, for, are you proposing right now? It was just, it was such a shock. We, we had never talked about, it. we never went ring shot. We never did any of that kind of stuff. So he just had this big surprise all planned and, and yeah, surprised me. That's awesome. We have a very similar story too, (laughs) for sure. Okay, talk about, David, talk about, hockey is just so fascinating to me as far as the progression of becoming a professional hockey player. So you have to know at a very young age, what this is what, or is that true? Am I making an assumption? It seems like you have to know at a very young age that I'm fully committed to this 
because of the way the minor league system works. It's, it seems that it's different than baseball because kids are getting pulled into the professional ranks at like 16 years old. And so is that correct? Or Well, I'd, I'd say that you need to know it's something you want to do because if you start skating later than five or six years old, it's a new method of transportation and learning how to skate later in life is just a uphill climb and it just doesn't happen if you start skating later than that. So you need to be involved early in life. And then uh, 18, 19 years old is when the draft happens and that's when they can be put into the league. And there's probably six to 10 guys that at that age, especially more so now that are so skilled and able um, the development at young ages now, especially with kids specializing more so in Canada than in the U S but uh, the talent is just remarkable. And then the game has become more skill oriented than it used to be. It was more will oriented and a battle just for, in my mind, more protection to make it, to make it clean, make it cleaner, it cleaner. So we're protecting brains, which makes sense, but it also drives the game away from what's my forte and the physical. <laughs> So tell us about like how, where faith enters into you guys' story a little bit about your relationships with Jesus and when all that started for you guys. Well, I'll start because it started, faith started with me when I was an adolescent. Uh, my parents grew up going to church every Sunday, bringing me to Sunday school to, you know, Bible classes on Wednesday night. I went through the full first communion confirmation. Uh, you know, we were, devout and we were in church but I think it was it was religion all the time it was a set of check marks we needed to do in order to stay on the good list um, and when we got together I guess religion really wasn't or faith wasn't a big part of our discussions as far as what our relationship looks like we loved each other I think we had comparable values Kelly was very caring and giving and serving uh, you know, not just me, but others and volunteer work and things like that. And I saw that and that was very attractive to me. Um, you know, then we got into faith where if we we're going to do this, she would come to the church that I was going to. Um, but she would be kind of ostracized because she wasn't a full fledged member or didn't go through the rites of passage to receive first com or her communion or things like that. So I think our faith really blossomed when my parents kind of, because you, you get your faith and a lot of your morals from your parents. My parents ventured away from the church we were going to, to a non-denominational, they called it the fun church. And, uh, you know, it was, it was 20, 25 minutes of like rock concert worship where it was free flowing. And then it was a relative relational message where it felt like the pastor was talking right to you. And when they kind of ventured away, it, it was kind of a permission slip for, myself to be like okay we can go there and this is a, I get a lot more from this hour than I did at the other church and I think that's when Kelly really started to grasp on to we can you know there's a higher being that matters and we can have a re relationship with them and this can be a core value and something that really drives our relationship and then since then um, you know the bible study we did in St. Louis that was all sports when um I think it was either James Laronitis or uh, Kyle McClellan invited me. And I was like, um, you know, all these professional sports 
men meeting and sharing their struggles and stories and how faith is relevant in their lives. And I remember specifically, Matt, you were talking about how you were in a slump or you, uh, a reporter came up and was asking you about your slump and, um, you know, how you just kind of deflected and used your faith and saying the slump's going to end. I'm going to be fine. I don't want to really talk to you about it, but you know, we'll, I'll sort this out and I've got something that's stronger than my stats in the last three or four games. And, um, you know, to me that was profound because I had the same sorts of thoughts about if I wasn't putting the puck in the net or things weren't going well for me in the hockey rink. So, um, that really, found me I think Kelly with some of the wives studies that happened in St. Louis started really growing her faith and then um, we've had more occasions more recently I think that just have continued to almost demand that we rely on our faith and you know different circumstances that are tough and without you know Jesus on our side or that faith to rely on we wouldn't have gotten through them and it's brought us closer as a couple it's brought us closer to God and it's it's been very you know when you sit back or you think about it at the end of the day it's it's been incredible to see that growth um you know in our relationship for me to see Kelly's blossoming faith that's you know really strong and she's always given me that elbow in the side of you know she's encouraging me on the face side now and that's just amazing to have yeah I sorry mean- for the monologue <laughs> No, that's good. Good stuff. You're good at that. No, you know, I I think truly like what David said, um, I was, I was baptized a Catholic, but then never went through the the whole process. And then, you know, what he kind of touched on when I did go to the Catholic church with him, but, um, we were married, um, by a Catholic priest, father Bob. And I, I love, you know, we watch our wedding video every anniversary. Um, and I can remember kind of those, those things starting when we went, we had to do like the Catholic, you know, marriage retreat in order for us to get married, um, as Catholics. And there was some, some really heavy bonding that weekend. I, I have hearing loss and I can, I can vividly remember some of the comments David made to me and just like the opening up and the vulnerability and the rawness that we had during that, that weekend long retreat. But truly, I don't think that real like vertical relationship for me didn't grow until we started going to our church here that we love, Eagle Brook Church. Um, and we still, you know, stream those videos right now. They're actually opening up this weekend. But I think that's really where my faith began to grow. And, um, you know, then, of course, like Leslie, you inviting us us women into your home in St. Louis, I can remember that was really my first taste of what like a woman's Bible study and a, a chapel kind of was. And just the, with Karen Dubrock leading us and um, the real vulnerability of just all of us kind of walking through, um, you know, different sports paths, but we had these similar connections. And, um, you know, then we kind of brought that out and we started our first women's um, ministry group out in, in Boston, the first NHL group that I know of that all of us women meet regularly. And um, it's just kind of continued to grow. And it's something like David mentioned that we, we really um, leaned into that as of recently in the, in the last few years with just some of the, the things that we, the hardships of life and life, right. When you, when you just the, the realness and the rawness of life and the struggles and the ups and the downs um, and the, and the gratitude that you have through it. And then also um, that, that deep spiritual connection that you get when you're like, okay, I've got this. Like, I know we, we, we have this, we just have to have that perspective and, and refocus. So, yeah. 
So talk to us a little bit about the, I, I love, I want to talk about the St. Louis thing, but I also was listening to you all and I, I would love to ask this question. Um, so the culture in hockey, it's my understanding that it's not like baseball to where, you know, Bible studies and, and the, and the Christian culture in baseball is very prominent. And so when you say that you go to Boston and you start this, this group and, and the PAO is going to start with hockey, that's kind of uncharted territory for hockey culture. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, I think it it begins with the population of hockey players. There's only a, you know, roughly a quarter that are American. There's probably 50% that are Canadian and then the rest are European, Russian descent and just religion in the other countries is less prevalent. Um, so I think you're starting with a little bit of an uphill battle. I also think the culture, the history of hockey is kind of based on, you know, booze and womanizing. That's kind of the, how guys bonded in the past. And now to see the movement and to see God move in the hockey world, um, you know, it's been empowering. I wish that I had chapels as a first year player in the league. Um, but now it's happening. I think there's only a few teams that don't have a regular chapel, whether attended by one or a ton of guys. Um, but just being bold in our faith is something that we've been, I think, more established in the league. So you weren't necessarily worried more about your spot. Um, but to begin those groups, just to say, I wish I had this connection to other women or other players that I could just be raw and real, that we have some commonality to begin with, with our faith and our pillars of what we believe so that when there's an issue, I know that this guy's heart's in the right place. And if I ask him a question, he's going to give me the right advice, not the advice so that it's better for him because it's a competitive world in the sports industry. So uh, those unfortunate conversations do happen. So I think in Boston, uh, you know, we had 10 guys minimum at each chapel and we had up to 14 guys a year, um, one year, which is over half the team is unheard of, but that bond and that growth that we experienced um, that we could bring onto the ice, that we could pick each other up just it spoke volumes to the success that we had on the ice. That's incredible. That's, you can relate to that for sure. Huh? Yeah. I, I just, you know, I'd heard these stories about how it was such a secret, if you're a Christian in hockey, like, you know, that they get up next to each other in a face off and Hey, I heard you're a Christian. Yeah, I am. You know, like stuff like that. It's, it's cool. Like to see how far, you know, it's come. And, and like Leslie talked about, you know, they're going to have a PAO event and um, we may try to come or you already had one right last year. Um, there was one year, yeah, we were in the finals, so it was kind of right up against her. I didn't get to make it. Uh, I actually snuck into the football one this year because I was in a little bit of um, professional purgatory, but my schedule opened up beautifully to go there. Uh, but the PAO, it's an interesting concept for the hockey world because, like you said, I got to I gotta try to beat the wheels off of a guy on the ice, but then I'm going to pray with them afterwards. That's why that synchronicity between teams and getting together the way that, you know, you guys might be able to, or that football, I mean, football, they beat the tires yeah. off each other. T- and then they all kneel together at the mid midfield. I, I don't know what the answer is, but we're hoping to replicate some of those growth patterns that have been seen in other sports to say, you know what, because I'm a Christian doesn't mean I'm not going to bring absolutely everything I have, you know, while we're, playing our games and I'm not going to hold anything back. And, 
but afterwards we can shake hands and you know if if you got hurt by something I did, I'm going to check on you and make sure that mm-hmm. you're doing all right. And it wasn't my intention to hurt you, but I'm just, I'm playing my butt off here. Oh, I love that. That's right. I love that. All right, Kelly, when I very first met you, let me tell you that I've, I've, we haven't had this conversation before, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you in front of, in front of um, a lot of people. And so when I very first met you, you walk in and I've heard that you guys love animals and stuff and there was a split second to where I'm like hmm am I gonna tell her that I paid for these designer dogs or am I going to pretend I adopted these dogs and so really that happened in my mind I'm like I've got to make a decision right now what I'm gonna do because I paid a lot of money for these doodles that we had at the time we always still have and anyway and I I I believe I did tell you the truth about it but that really did cross my mind when when Kelly Backus walked into my kitchen and so I, I want to talk about this with you guys, because like I told you before we hit record, I run and, and pray about, okay, we've got the back assist coming on board. What, what can we draw out that points people to Jesus in this conversation? And one of the things I kept thinking about is how much I love your passion for what God created in animals. And so you all do that really well. And we're called to do that. We're called to do that. That is part of our calling as humanity. Like God created all things and we're called to take care of those things. And so talk to me about where this passion began, because you guys are serious. I mean, really, and that is an absolute true story. When I very first met you, I was like, is she not, do I lose all credibility if I tell her that these dogs were $1,500 a piece and they're designer doodle breeds? And so, anyway, so talk to me about where this passion began and what you're, what, how it started and then kind of where you are now, because it's really grown into something special over the years. Oh, no, thank you. I love that. That's a great um, story. And I, and I didn't look at you any differently. I knew <laughs> you love those dogs and that's, that's the end game, right? Like that is the goal. Of course, adoption is what I, what we're preaching and we're wanting and we're, we're wanting to save lives well, out we're there. We're hoping adoption's no longer an option at some point yeah. because every dog right. and it's designer just, doodle away. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, she'd sneeze every five minutes. We have, you know, we've got some allergy <laughs> situations, so we justify it that way. There are designer doodles out there that uh, you know that are in shelters, and and a lot of times at, at no fault of their own, right? People are moving, or their families have run into a financial situation, or um, but um, get, getting at that, Leslie, I just. I, I think sometimes you feel this purpose in your heart and like why you're put on this earth and how to serve and how to give back. And I, I, it's just something that I I truly feel it's, it's born in me. I mean, I have pictures of me when I was three, four years old, like little girl walking around the driveway with my dad, picking up worms and toads and salamanders. And I was always kind of an outdoorsy girl. Um, and my family always had dogs and cats and we were always taking in strays growing up. And my dad would get ducks and pheasants from like the local co-op and we'd raise them and then release them and you know into our backyard into the wild um we have turtles all of it and so I just I I have this deep connection this intrinsic connection I feel with animals and all creatures and just this need to advocate and be their voice on their behalf and protect them and and help and in you know whatever capacity that may be um and you know our focus has certainly honed in on on dogs and cats and companion animals and and, you know, how we can best network and educate the public and, you know, use the professional athlete and David's platform and other athletes to kind of just be a voice 
for the voiceless um, to help animals that that need our help. So it, it's just it's I, I it's just something I feel like God it's it's my purpose it's my reason for being here without a doubt. And I would say that was that was something that was really attractive to me that she possessed was that she was living a Christ life way of serving others, serving those without a voice. And I would say in our marriage, serving has been a huge part of our growth. And some of the best memories that we have together is, you know, whether it's we did a hearing aid mission in Africa, which had no animals involved, but, you know, we were serving others and it was a great growth opportunity, a great perspective giving opportunity. Our charity that we run is an opportunity to give and to serve and putting that into practice as a couple, you know, does nothing but re-instill the ideas of giving, giving grace and serving each other and trying to serve each other in our marriage. And we've really grown from those things. That's good. All right. I want to ask, ask you too. Um, I was kind of reading through some things on online as we were getting ready to, cause it's been a couple of years since we've talked to you. And so I saw this little blip that I believe it was in 2018. It was like David experienced this infection and then this surgery, and then he had this injury. And I was looking at it going, my goodness, it's like, that was a rough year for you all. And I'm sure that, I mean, Matt and I've gone through some health stuff that was absolutely not my favorite. And as a couple, um, that challenge, I would say that that challenged us more than anything we've ever been. It was unimaginable really. And as I was reading that today, I was, I was just so sad to hear it first of all, but secondly, like I would assume that that has really impacted you greatly as far as your reliance on the Lord and, and encouraged your faith maybe in ways, or maybe even discouraged your faith <laughs> during some of those, some of those things, you know, that happens too. <laughs> I certainly, and I, you know, I think I can just jump in there that it, it did both. Um, I think at times there were, I can remember moments like in our kitchen in Boston that I would, I would just look at him and he would just be broken and, and just, you know, helpless and having these feelings of just like why. And it was, I, I was at times trying to, you know, make sure he remembered all of our blessings and that this is happening for a reason and we are going to get through this and look and look at our healthy babies and, you know, look at where you've come from and you're going to get through this and you're going to be better on the others. It's just when you're going through that, that, that heaviness and that thickness and you're trying to navigate that it's, it is, it's, it's challenging for sure. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was a time when I was trying to establish myself and gain bigger role on the team in Boston and, to get a setback like that, where it was going to be, you know, I had a diverticulitis, so I, I needed 10 inches of my colon removed, and it was the beginning of the season. So to try to get through a season, you know, it was just impractical. So part of me said, this is, you know, a kick in the junk, and why is this happening? But then once it happened, it was a, a bit of a pause, and it was like, okay, hockey's not there for me right now. It was the first real significant stretch of time that I had missed. What do I have left when this is gone? Because this isn't going to last forever. And it was an opportunity to kind of take a pause and say, what do I want to experience in my last years? As long as I get to play this game and I, we have this blessing in this current season that we have. And what do I not want to, you know, 
keep doing? How do I want to be remembered? How do I want to serve others? And, and I think it was, while it was a, you know, a knife in the side, it was also a, a bit of a revelation of we've got this great opportunity. Let's not waste it. And let's just embrace it a hundred percent and whatever we can do, we're going to do. And we're not going to have any regrets at the end. And it was, it was a blessing in that regards because I think there was a little bit of going through the motions because we had, you know, 12 years in, it's like next part of the season, let's just do it. And now it was like, we need to attack this and how can we make an impact? That's awesome. That's good. That's good. Okay. So, and we'll kind of close with this because I know we've taken a lot of your time, but it's been so great. I just love, love visiting with you guys. You guys are some of my very favorites, but okay. So, we're uh, Kelly, you and I are on the same group me with the uh, what's it called? Soulful sweat, sis, what I don't I don't even know the name of it. But I've noticed lately that you have these recipes because you're vegetarian, right? And so I mean, and and like I know you have a garden and I I've seen your sweet little daughter eating from your garden on Instagram. I mean, it just sounds amazing. I wish we were neighbors because I would have you cook for me and I really think I could be a vegetarian if you were my chef. And so the recipes look amazing. We would pay you, of course. Yeah, we would totally pay you. But I, you can make a donation to the charity. But you know <laughs> what? Like, I love doing this. And this is truly, I think, it's always been a, a huge passion of mine, going back to the animals, right? Like I try to just, it's something where I just have this connection and to my plate and what's on it. And I know that physically, like I could never harm another being or creature. And so it's just, it's plants. And I feel like, we're powered by plants. Like David, I would say is you're probably, would you say like, you're like 90% like plant. I mean, he, he like that. He, he loves to have a little bit of sushi here and there still, and maybe some fresh fish and he's going on a fishing trip this weekend. But other than that, like our, our kids, Stella just turned five and Dawson's two and a half. I mean, they've never had any, anything with the face. We're just, um, we just love plants around here. And thankfully, you know, David's dad's been so great. He, he starts the garden um, for us up at our ranch every summer because usually we're, you know, the season's kind of happening when all that stuff needs to get planted. But there's some fertile soil up there thanks to the years and years of all the animals. And it's just magical. And it's magical what it produces. And I love that, you know, the kids and I can just get in there and get our hands dirty. And just they love like pulling potatoes and picking the carrots and grabbing kale for kale smoothies. They They love it. They love to kind of have, it's like the tangibility of seeing it come from the ground and then going onto their plates and into into you know a big green smoothie and i would echo that that food is as good as it looks and if she wasn't the chef around the house i don't think i could be vegetarian because i grew up <laughs> with having food on the grill and maybe some potatoes and if you got some veggies and fruits in there that was the bonus um but again the diverticulitis kind of woke me up to saying i'm 33 whatever i was at the time and a professional athlete i'm in pretty good shape whatever I can do to control my um, health and digestive tract, which is already rearranged and replumbed once. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is true. I mean, I, I studied nutrition at Oklahoma state and it, and so I've always really been fascinated by different theories of, of nutrition and understanding things. And I do think that there is an incredible value for a vegetarian type of diet. It's just so hard. It's so hard. <laughs> That's why we we're like, well, if we, you know, if we had a chef, we could probably get get away with this. But you know, when you're t- stopping in Chipotle, like I can't get full on like a like a little bowl of like you know greens and vegetables like at Chipotle or. Oh, wherever. 
sofritas there, and the sofritas are so good, Matt. You have to try them. All right, really good. I'll give it a shot. Ever, I mean, is there ever a time where you yeah, really the, feel I like... smelled bacon the other day. <laughs> the I, I do. I mean, I've. She's got that compassionate heart that just feels like she sees the rack of lamb and she sees a baby sheep. Where I see something that tastes really good, <laughs> but I I do miss like some of those times, especially on the road when you go to a steakhouse with all the guys and they're having mm -hmm. like, a steak that looks dynamite, and I've got a baked potato that the <laughs> chef tried to make it as vegetarian for me as possible, but. I know I'm better for it, and whatever. I, you, when you're cooking, I don't miss it at all because right, your cooking well, is so good. I mean, that's what he was supposed to say, right? But, no, it's you know, I, I think it's just it's that. Like, I I think we've been doing it for so long now, and I think even back to when we first started, you know, dating and and when we were first married. It's just, but now years and years in, it's just I don't know. It's just it's it's our lifestyle, right? It's not even a diet. I don't even look at it as that. Like, it's mm -hmm. just. You open our fridge and that's what you see and it's and it's flavorful and it's like i know it's fiber fueled and there's there's still tons of protein in there and it's just it's it's delicious and it's just it's just our lifestyle and it's just our what the kids know and their connection too so yeah so let's turn the table who wins in the peloton rides do you get in the peloton I, rides leslie leslie why haven't we rode together i don't know i the, well i'll tell you why to be completely honest they're still early in the morning and i am not that is not who <laughs> but I she am. can match up it's times so, right she yeah, could I, she I, could she could test her metal like on times and stuff yeah right? i did yeah. you know i did a dolly <laughs> the other day. <laughs> i'm an early morning yeah i you know i don't enjoy getting up but I'll, I'll get up i'll make that cup of coffee i'll have a few sips and i'll just go downstairs and david's like he often says, he's like, that's the only thing you wake up for is to get on that bike. And I don't know. I just feel like it's like I go to church on that bike. Like that is my outlet. And it's, yeah. uh -huh. I love it. And I've been inspired by all the, you know, and I'll, I've done more than I have before on the Peloton and I've been running a lot more. Like it's such a cool group. And so I really love it. But I, um, I, I mean, baseball has ruined me because when Matt played for so long, like you stay up super late. And you wake up late, and I still love that rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> so and then the pandemic set in, and there was no reason to wake up. Was so for my schedule, I was like, "Oh, we watch movies and shows, and then we get up whenever anybody gets up." And the kids yeah. are old enough now, where, hey, get out of here! Like, don't wake us up. Like, it was it was probably not great for we our We need habits. to grow up. We need to grow up, but we haven't yet, and so that. We'll have the babies, you know, Stella and Dawson, they are up early. I mean, she's up, she gets out of her bed and she gets herself dressed in a little princess outfit and comes in her room. She's in at like 6.30 and we're, I mean, it's, yeah, it's early. We're early over here. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, last question, last question, because I just thought of it when you said Stella and Dawson. So talk to me about how parenting has changed your view on how much Jesus loves us. Oh, that, I mean, that is the truth. I just, I think as a woman to, to carry a baby and birth a baby and it's just, it's, it's a, it's a miracle. Just the whole process. Um, it's truly, I think the greatest gift, the biggest blessing, the hardest job, but I just, I think until you, you walk in the footsteps of being a mother or a parent and, and doing this together and raising another life, it's like 
God, it's, it's the ultimate gift. It, it, it really is. And I, and I truly, it's like the daily gratitude. And even when it's hard, even when you're like, Oh, your patience is being tested. And there's those long days or during the season when I'm solo doing life without David and, you know, without families around us. And, you know, we've got a great babysitter who's been, been like family to us, but it's, it really is. It's like, I am so thankful for this, even in those challenge, even in that, in those times where you're like, <laughs> you're exhausted, but God, yes. Well, sir. <laughs> they're, they're really I just think there's, there's, it's just. Well, I didn't get to carry the baby. <laughs> I had to make it. <laughs> One of the best parts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. No, it's, um, Yes. That, God, it's special. It's, it's there, special. There, there just, there isn't like, there isn't words to. There isn't anything you wouldn't do for those kids. And I don't think you understand that truly. No offense, even in a marriage of that depth mm-hmm. of love. And you get to see that a glimpse of what our heavenly father thinks of us and what he created. So I think that's some of what the children have given back to us in our time of being parents of five and a half years. Yes, just that from conception on, it's it's just it's an it's it's an absolute miracle. And I there's just no other like the godly works that happens through the entire process of it all and then to have that baby and it it's just it's it's an absolute it's an absolute miracle. Yeah. Now she's gonna want another one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well we have four of them yeah. so it's yep. All right, guys. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. What's fun Thank about you. this podcast is like, I, I've, I mean, now I want to be, I want to get up early and ride the Peloton. I plant wanna, a garden. I want to plant a garden. I eat more vegetables. Eat more vegetables. And I want to adopt noodles. And so. <laughs> We're going to have two more kids now. Yeah. And you guys are going to have more kids. And this is great. I love it. I love it. All right. Thank, Thank you. you guys. It's good to see you guys. So good seeing you guys and chatting. Yes. Enjoy your day. Thank you for listening to Table 40, part of the Sports Spectrum Podcast Network. For more stories on sports and faith, check out sportspectrum.com.